Welcome to the Bloom Podcast. I'm your host, Bridget. Now let's grow together. Hello, and welcome back to Bloom. And for those of you who are just joining, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here and chose to spend part of your your day with me listening and learning and growing and blooming. So um, glad you're here. Um, I hope that you are having a great day so far. Hope it's not hot out there. Whenever you're listening, it has been really, really miserably hot. Um, We spent the weekend at the soccer fields and it was just almost torture, but we had a little bit of a breeze here and there. We were able to find some shade, but I'm ready to be inside. I'm glad, glad that I'm in the air conditioning right now as I record this and hopefully you are as well. But this week, I wanted to have a conversation with you about, you know, one of the most used forms of communication today, and that is texting. I got a phone call from a friend last week, and honestly, when I saw their name pop up, I thought something was wrong, or I thought maybe they butt dialed me and didn't really mean to call me. And yes, you heard that correctly. I mean, that's what I thought when they were calling me. I thought something was wrong, or I thought that they called on accident. And that's sad because I'm so used to getting text messages and very seldom do I get phone calls. And I do, I talk to this person frequently, but it is more just a text back and forth. So when I saw their name pop up, I was prepared for either big news or bad news, but it was neither. It was just a conversation about, Hey, what's been going on lately? What have you been up to? How's work been? How are the girls? What's new in your life? Just that sort of conversation. And Honestly, it was really, really nice to catch up. When I hung up the phone, my mood was lighter. My heart was happier. I was just, I was better because of that phone call. So that phone call has inspired this week's episode. And I want to challenge you as you're listening today to think about the multiple times you communicate via text. And I also want you to think about how can you modify that? How can you mix that up just a little bit? So that's what I'm going to ask you to do this week. I'm going to ask you to mix it up. Instead of sending that text or that snap to all of you young kids that are listening, pick up the phone and make a phone call, you know, FaceTime somebody. I was away from my girls this weekend. We FaceTimed a lot with my husband. I got to see their face. I got to, got to see those cute little smiles looking back at me. And it just, it's completely different than sending a text. Hey, what's going on? How are the girls? Good. What are you up to? Um, Completely different experience. You know, instead of texting somebody, what they're doing, ask them to join you so you can talk face to face. One of my favorite things is one of my friends, Amanda, she is so good about sending audio text all the time. And it just cracks me up. I literally laugh every time that I get one for her. And I get so excited when I see one come through and they're like two minutes long because I think, oh, this is going to be so good. So she has inspired me to send more audio text to everybody that I know. And that's something that I like to do here and there just to hear somebody's voice and then to get one back you know, it really makes for a much more meaningful conversation because you can hear their tone, you know, you can hear their excitement. You can hear what they're feeling in that audio text. And there's no room for question or doubt. Another thing that, um, I like to do with my girls. Sometimes if we are away from my parents or my husband's parents, um, you know, there's times when I'll record a video of them either singing happy birthday or happy grandparents day, or just saying thank you for something. And then I'll get that video and then I'll send that to them in a text so that they can, they too can see that emotion. They can see that excitement of saying hi to their Mia and chief or their granny and David. And then they get to, um, they just get to experience that. And it's just, it's much more special. 
There's also a really neat app called Marco Polo, and you can record videos or voice messages, and you can send that to individuals in your contacts. You have they have to add to Marco Polo as well, but they can watch it whenever they get on. It's you create it and send it, and then whenever they log on, they can see it whenever it's convenient for them. So it's not something that they get as a notification. It just it lets them know, hey, here's a message from Bridget next time you log on. But when I was preparing this episode, I started thinking about, you know, I wonder how many text messages on average people send a day. And I really love data and analytics. So as I was kind of diving through some of this and, and sifting through it, I'm sure that you will not be surprised that I was not surprised, but there's a lot of darn text messages going back and forth. So I want to share some of the stats with you just to give you an idea of what, what we're working with. But today, 98% of Americans have a smartphone and most people myself included, I'm, I'm one of them, prefer to receive communication via text. Confirm your appointment. Yes. Opt out of messages. Yes. What, whatever that, that looks like. It is easy to respond via text. Want to go to lunch? Yes. Can you come over? No. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's, it's fast. It's easy. But we are this culture who, who doesn't have time because we're always on the go. And sometimes Sometimes I prefer not to talk. I would prefer rather just to send that quick text. Yes, no, thumbs up. And trust me, it is so easy now just to give that thumbs up to heart a message and to let the other person know, I saw this, I received it, but you don't have to go into a long response because you're on to the next thing. I did an episode last week on finding your people. And I honestly have to think that part of the way that we communicate today has a lot to do with our level of loneliness and distance that we feel from other people because we're not making time for genuine connection. As I mentioned on that episode, I talked about reliving some of the moments back from my childhood. And um, I went to visit my sister. We were sitting out on her front porch, which was almost the exact same spot where the house used to sit and the front porch was in my childhood home. We were sitting there. We were just talking about before cell phones, my grandparents would come over, aunts and uncles would come over, my cousins, and they would stay for hours. We would, my mom would make sweet tea. We would set and like snap green beans from the garden, or we would shut corn. We would just sit there and watch the traffic go by and everything was so slow. And, you know, if you wanted to get a hold of somebody back then, you either did what they did and you just showed up or you would call the house phone. And, um, I remember, it's kind of telling my age a little bit. I'm sure my girls probably have no clue what any of this is talking about. We don't even have a landline phone today. You know, I remember when a boy would call the house for my sister or for me and, you know, we had to wait till our parents got off the phone because this was before call waiting. We only had one line. We didn't have two separate lines, but my sister and I would get really good at picking up the phone and listening to the other's conversation until we busted busted the other one, we would laugh or we would snicker or do something and we would just know. So if you grew up in the eighties and nineties and you remember this, um, you're going to laugh. There's also a really good video that, that Jacob showed me. And it is about these two teenage boys and they set a rotary phone in a room. They set it on the counter and they give them a number to dial. And it literally, I don't even think that they, they dial the number, but it literally takes them five minutes to try and figure out how to, to work a rotary phone and how to dial the phone number. So it's pretty comical. I will link that in my show notes so you can get a, a kick out of your day. Uh, if you need a good laugh, you can, you can go back and watch it. I remember when I was 17, 
This is so silly, y'all. <laughs> I had a pager and I remember telling my parents that I had to have a pager when I was going out because if they needed to get in touch with me, if they needed to get a hold of me, I could call them back and I would go to a pay phone or I would go somewhere else and I would borrow somebody else's phone and they would, um, they would know where I was at all times because I had this pager and that was the smart and safe thing to do. Y'all guess what color my pager was. If you know me, you know how much I love the color purple. It was like this clear purple, I don't know, like a plum kind of color, but it was, you could see through and you could see all the guts and the wires and all the things on the inside. And I thought I was like, so cool packing this pager around. But anyway, I got my first phone probably, I was closer to almost 18 into 17. It was that big black NEC phone with that antenna that you would pull up. And I remember all you could do was just call on it. So you would sit and it took forever to charge and it would get hot up against your face when you were talking. But I remember when I got a Blackberry and you could text on a Blackberry and then I got a razor, a flip phone, which was so cool. Uh, But that was really when I got introduced to text messaging. And oh my goodness, now we have smartphones that can predict anything we want it to. We have emojis that we can send with text messages. We have gifts. We have digital touch, which is my sister's favorite. She loves to send these digital touch messages um, to my mom and I. And, you know, there's always this hidden message inside. You can even pay somebody through a text. We can do everything via text today, it seems like. So I was diving in. I was kind of reliving my childhood days when I first got a phone. And, you know, it's just, it's so different than it is today. My girls are 13. My oldest two are 13 and 10. And my oldest already has a phone. Like I said, I was 17 when I got my first phone. My 10 year old is already begging to have one. And it's just so, so different than it was when we were growing up. But here's some statistics that I found on just text messaging, text messaging in general. So on average, most people are going to send 13 text messages per day. And I thought this can't be right because think about the number of group messages that you may be on, or think about the number of messages that you may send for work or between your kids. Right now, our schedule is wild. I don't know how else to put it, but it seems like there's a lot of text messages back and forth to our sitter about have to be here this time. We're going to pick it up. I'll be home X, Y, Z. And it's just a lot of back and forth. But according to this data, on average, most people send 13 text messages per day. The average teenager is going to send anywhere between 20 to 60 text messages a day. Unfortunately for us, girls are typically more active texters. So they're going to send out about a hundred text messages per day. And that's a lot of JKs, IDKs, and WRYDs. This is, this is what I get from my girl, my girls when they're texting back and forth. And if you don't know, if you're like me, some of these, I have to ask, what is this? Um, JK stands for just kidding, which I'm sure most of you probably already know that IDK is, I don't know. And WRYD is what are you doing? TTYL talk to you later. I mean, there's so many little acronyms. So, you know, I think about these kids and I'm like, are they going to know how to go into a job interview someday when they get older? How are they going to, you know, when somebody's asking them, you know, do you have the skills qualified to do this job at EK? <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, um, it's just, it's, it's different. It's just different. So I'm typically always asking them, you know, Hey, put down your phones. 
let's have some real conversation. But, you know, out of these that are sending these text messages, 98% of those text messages are opened and responded to within three minutes. So of all the 13 to 100 text messages per day, they are opened and responded to within three minutes. That is a distraction. No wonder our brains can't stay focused. We can't keep up. We're just inundated with this information. And, you know, it's kind of like a vending machine. You put, you send a text and they expect a response. So if this is you, this is something that you do on the regular, you're constantly texting back and forth. If your thumbs hurt, if you're already getting carpal tunnel in your wrist because of texting, your thumbs are, are wearing down, get out a pen and paper because I'm about to share some ideas that have helped me that I think will help keep you focused and it's not going to allow your phone to run your day. So first tip is to set a time of focus. I I don't know about other phones, but I do know that iPhones have um, this focus setting. So if you go under settings, there's a section called specifically focus and you can set times of do not disturb. That's for both people and apps. So you can go in and say, these are the people that can only reach me during my time of do not disturb. You know, it's not going to put everybody in there. So you have to go in and add these individuals. So it's my husband, it's my kids, it's my close family. Those are the only people that can reach me when I'm on do not disturb. So once that's done, you can also set times while you're driving. So if you know that you're going to be in the car on the way to school and every morning, that time frame is 7.30 to 8.30. That's when your drop-off begins. When you leave your house until you walk in to your office, that's the time that you want to make sure that you're having that, that one-on-one interrupt, uninterrupted time with your kids. You can set those drive time notifications so that you're not getting a phone call and that's not interrupting your conversations with them. Um, you can also do this for your own personal focus time. This is something that I've done for my morning routine. So, you know, I'll set my focus time is from 5am to 630 because that's typically the time that I'll get up that hour and a half is my time in the morning to myself. That's usually the only quiet time that I get. Um, if you're a parent, you know what this is like um, to be interrupted. And sometimes that it does get interrupted. Sometimes the kids wake up at 530 and they've got to go to the bathroom or they want, they need something. They're looking for me. So this isn't always the case, but it lets everybody know that my phone is in silent mode during this time. There's also a focus setting for your sleep times and even times when you're at work. Um, I just really started using this about six months ago and, you know, I use the sleep time. I've talked about it on here before I put my bedtime in. So at 745, it gives me a heads up. Hey, it's time to get still your bedtime's coming up. It's time to start thinking about winding down, wrapping up those, those last minute to do's at the end of the day. Uh, but it, it has helped me, you know, I really like the personal focus. I really like the sleep focus. Um, you know, I like having those times when I know that my personal focus is on and those, those individuals that if they need to get a hold of me, they can. So I don't feel like I'm, I'm shutting anybody out. And this goes both ways too. You know, when I message someone and their personal focus is on, or it tells me that, that their notifications are turned off, I respect that quiet time. And I know that they're going to get back to me when they can. All right. So that's number one, set a time of focus. Number two is to turn off your notifications. You can turn off notifications for your apps. You can turn off notifications for email, et cetera. But, you know, push notifications can be just as distracting as a text message. You can have a new email 
or you can get this notification that somebody's posted a new reel on Instagram. If you have your Instagram um, notifications turned on, or I have another one that reminds me about time to drink more water because I'm, I'm tracking some of those habits. And although that's good, it is a constant, it dings on my watch and it dings on my phone. And it's just, again, it's one of those things that's, that's keeping my brain from staying distracted. You know, it's, I get the ones that from target that say, you know, the item in your cart that you were looking at is now 30% off. So it's just this constant brain loop to keep you attached to your device. And if you don't believe me that this is what it's doing, go watch social dilemma on Netflix. You may or may not thank me later. Not really sure. It'll really open your eyes though. No doubt. It's kind of scary what it can do. All right. So that was number two, turn off notifications or limit the number of notifications that you have. You know, all of your apps will typically, when you're downloading that app, it's going to ask you, do you want to keep this notifications on? Yes or no, just turn it off. And if you need it later, then you can always turn it back on. All right. Number three is don't grab your phone. As soon as you wake up, make sure that you're making time to create before you consume. So before you're consuming the lives of everyone else that you follow on social media or all those messages that you missed in the middle of the night, let your brain wake up and build its own thoughts and ideas before it digests everyone else's. You know, I was listening to a podcast the other day on, uh, that Ed Millette does. And if you don't listen to Ed Millette, go give him a follow. He is awesome. He's one of my favorites. Uh, but he was saying that for the first 30 minutes that he's awake, he doesn't even pick up his phone. You know, he has certain routines that he does. He's got his meditation. He takes a swim in the ocean, does something cold to kind of wake up his senses. But, you know, he does not pick his phone up for 30 minutes because that is is something that, you know, your phone is something that you have to react to. And you're immediately distracted and start going down this rabbit hole. And you're not really focused on your routine, those things that you have to get in. You know, so that hour and a half, those things that I like to do in the morning, if I pick my phone up and I think, oh gosh, I got to do a Kroger click list order of, and I'm not focused on my quiet time, then I have, I narrow that window and I've got 30 minutes left for my quiet time because I've spent that looking on items that are out of stock or, or whatever. So don't grab your phone as soon as you wake up. If it can, if it can wait for eight hours while you're asleep, it can wait another 30 minutes or another hour and a half after you wake up. And I hope that all of you are getting eight hours of sleep. And if you're not, I seriously recommend looking at that bedtime focus um, and start winding down so that you make sure that that happens. All right. So number three, don't grab your phone as soon as you wake up. Number four, (laughs) don't go to bed with your phone in hand. And this makes me laugh because I can't tell you how many times I've woken myself up or my husband up in the middle of the night where my phone has slipped out of my hand and it has fallen and hit the floor. And it is so loud. It literally scares the crap out of me every single time. Some people recommend charging their phone in a completely separate room. You know, I know some that charge it in the kitchen, some that charge it in the bathroom so that they're not tempted to pick it up in the middle of the night. Like I do, I have a really bad habit of this. So trying to work on that, but it, it keeps them from picking that phone up in the middle of the night. And then they're, they're awake and they grab that phone. And I think I've talked about this on here before, but I have ordered things in my sleep you know, I'll get a notification the next day, your item has shipped. I'm like, holy cow, what did I order? Because I'll wake up half asleep. And I just, I'm, I'm on a website or I'm on this Instagram ad. And um, it's just, it's bad. It's bad. Don't do it. So here's a recommendation. Don't go to the phone. Don't go to bed with your phone in your hand and 
a little tip. This is something that I'm going to work on, uh, but charge your phone in another room. Mel Robbins shared this on her Instagram page not too long ago. She's another amazing person that you can follow. She's written some great books, but she charges her phone in the bathroom so that when her alarm goes off, she has to physically get up to turn it off, which also helps to wake her body up. She did a really funny, she did a really funny reel where she like literally slid out of bed, rolled on the floor, and then went into the bathroom to grab her phone. So she's awesome. Uh, but this is something that I want to, to try. I'm going to say try out something that I'm going to work on. So I'm, it's not fair for me to throw out challenges to you all if I'm not going to take action as well. So this is something that I'm going to start to work on. I'm not going to keep my phone beside my bed. I'm going to go charge it in another room. That way I'm not tempted to pick it up and then wake the whole house up when it hits the floor. All right. The last one that I have is to pay attention to what's in front of you. You know, I can't tell you how many times we go out to eat and you look around the room or around the restaurant and everybody's looking down on their phone. You know, nobody's looking up having real eye to eye conversations anymore. You know, or one of my favorites with my kids, you were in the car, which sometimes it's nice, you know, it's quiet. I've got to kind of pick my battles here, but I don't want to be on their device all the time. You know, I want to have conversation, you know, but we as a society have just stopped talking to each other we stopped having real conversations and letting the people that we're with know that they matter. My husband and I, we have this rule in our family and at the dinner table, nobody's allowed to be on their device from like six 30. Whenever we typically have dinner, sometimes it's six 30, sometimes it's later, but typically during that time, you know, that is our time together. That's our time to talk about our days to catch up with the kids and just to really focus on our family. And he used to get so mad at me if I would respond to a a quick text, you know, my sister or my mom or somebody may send me something and I would respond with a quick yes or a no, or call you back later. And he would always say it better be an emergency if I'm answering that. And now, you know, I, I do the same to him too. I hold him accountable, you know, provided that this is not an emergency. When you make an exception to pick up that call or answer that text, when you're spending quality time with that person, you're letting that person know that whoever's on the other end of that call or that text is more important than they are in that moment. And when you do that, that also tells that person who's, who's reaching out to you. If they know this is your time with your family, if they know this is your, your dinner time and you, you don't have, you know, your devices out, you're letting them know that you're breaking that for your family. So we've got to have healthy boundaries because when we don't, it affects those that are closest to us. You know, those are the ones that are going to get hurt. Those are the ones that get put on the back burner and they don't feel important. You know, whether that's me telling my kids, I can't go play Barbies with you because I've got to take this call or my husband that he's talking about arrowhead hunting and I'm responding back to my book club group. That's not kind. That's not forming real connection with those people right in front of us. So make sure that you're paying attention to what's in front of you. And I do, I understand that things come up and sometimes we have to respond, but you can step away. You can say, excuse me for a minute, excuse yourself and come back. There's nothing wrong with that. And I do, I text, I text all the time. I, this, again, these episodes are not just for you. They're for me and technology is great, but it is also damaging. You know, I'm grateful for the opportunities that it provides me to connect in so many different ways 
but let's not forget to make time for real connection. You know, sometimes I worry about, you know, not just my kids, but people in general, you know, are they going to be able to carry on conversation with others? Are they going to be able to look them in the eyes and speak? You know, let's not get so caught up in the quick and busy that we forget to make the most of spending time with the people in front of us. Let them hear your voice, call your mom, send a video of your kids to your grandmother, shoot a voice text to your partner and tell them how much you love them or how much you hope they have a great day. Texting is good and it is necessary at times, but there are so many other things that are so much better than a text. And it does not have to be the only way that we communicate. Okay. I'm going to go write some handwritten note cards. I'm going to go set my charger in my bathroom. What are you going to do? If this resonated with you or you want to share some of these ideas with someone that you know, send it to them. Send it to somebody that you want to hold you accountable. Let's make technology work for us, not the other way around. So until next time, I'll talk to you soon. 